We are looking at impact. The word impact, as far as I know, is not found in the Bible. But the concept of impact is found throughout the word of God. Jesus came to impact the world in the best possible way by coming with salvation for the lost. Then Jesus gave the church his Holy Spirit and the gospel and the Great Commission to go forth and impact the world with the good news of Jesus Christ. It's about impact. Last week we saw as Peter and John are on their way to the temple, impact as they heal a man, a lame man in Jesus' name. And then a large crowd gathered around and they preached the gospel to this large crowd in uh, resulting in 2,000 people roughly coming to faith in Christ in that moment. That's impact. That is impact. So we're looking at impact, bracing for impact, but most of our focus has been on being the impact that God wants to use us to be in this world. Folks, God wants you to be impactful in the world. He wants you and your life to impact other people for Jesus Christ. And as I shared, and I want to underline this, I shared this the first Sunday, and you are. And you are. This is not a message that's meant to say, you're not impacting, you need to go and impact. That's not where this is coming from. You are. You are impacting lives in ways you don't even know. Touching lives, bouncing off of lives, influencing people. Your life, your witness, your character, your everything about your life. And I know you're not perfect, but you are impacting people in ways you probably will not see. Some ways you will not see until on this side of eternity. So thank you, and God bless you, and please be encouraged by that. But the heart of this message is we want more, amen? We want more. We don't want to plateau. We don't want to descend. We want more impact. I know that's the prayer of many hearts, and that's the prayer of my heart, that we would impact more lives for Jesus Christ, and that God would use us in ever greater ways, because people need Jesus. They need Jesus, and people need encouraging, and they need to hear the gospel. So, but most of that has been outward-focused, impacting, impacting the world. Peter and John impacting a crowd. And uh, we talked about being light, being salt, bearing fruit, impacting the world. Impact happening through us. But it's important, and we're going to take a little time to remember that impact isn't meant to all be through us. We aren't meant to just be impacting. We need to be impacted as well by the gospel. We need the work of God not just to be working through us, but in us as well. That's the heart of God. We want to be impacted deeply by the grace of God. And if you've been a Christian for more than 15, 20 minutes, you probably know as I do that some of these wonderful truths, we can become familiar with them, right? 
We can become familiar. That song, Christ, Our Hope in Life, if you were to read through those words, and actually if our hearts were to get them, they'd be zinging, zinging. But how easy it is for us to become familiar with these truths and, and to begin to just, yeah, resurrection, yeah, eternity, yeah, heaven, yeah, grace of God, yeah, mercy of God, yeah, I've heard that, I've heard that, I've heard that. What we need is not something new. Hey, I've never heard that before. We need to be impacted more deeply by the grace and power and goodness and love and truth of this precious gospel we believe in. That's what we want to encourage our hearts towards this morning. So there's a flow of outward impacting happening through us, and there's a flow of inward impacted happening to us, happening in us, and that flow is all part of life. You know, your heart, blood pumps in, blood pumps out. You stop one, you say, you know, I don't really need the blood coming in. I just need the blood going out. You're not going to last very long. We need the blood coming in. We need the blood going out. We need to be impacted by the grace of God. We need to impact by the grace of God. We need the mercy of God flowing into our hearts, the grace, the love of God flowing into our hearts. And then we want it to flow out. We don't want to stop the outflow either. Or it all gets, our heart's going to explode. We need to have in and out. Today, we're going to be looking at the in, the impacted, this flow of inward, outward impact of God's word. And I see both sides of this impact going on in Colossians chapter 1. Let's read from verses, uh, chapter 1, verse 3 through 8. This is Paul to the Colossians. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all God's people the faith and love that spring from the hope stored up for you in heaven and about which you have already heard in the true message of the gospel that has come to you in the same way the gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world, just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and truly understood God's grace. You learned it from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on our behalf, and who also told us of your love in the Spirit. May the Lord bless the reading of his word to our hearts this morning. Colossae, the Colossian church. Far as we know, Paul never visited in person the church in Colossae, but he heard about them. From a distance, he heard about this church, and what caught his attention was the impact of the gospel on this church in this church but i want to point out to you how healthy the impact going on in the church is it's happening through them and it's happening to them so as we read through this we have Paul writes, we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus that's the impact of the gospel to them and of the love you have for all God's people. That's the impact of the gospel happening through them to one another. 
The faith and the love that spring from the hope stored up for you in heaven and about which you have already heard in the true message of the gospel that has come to you. That's, that's the gospel impact happening to them and through them. Both. This faith and love, it springs forth. It's coming from heaven to their hearts and springing forth through the gospel. In the same way, Paul says, the gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world, just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and truly understood God's grace. That's impact happening through them. Bearing fruit, not in a little, but throughout the world, Paul says. You learn it from Epaphras. That's impact happening to them through someone else. Somebody else shared the, the good news, the gospel with them who also told us of your love in the Spirit. That is impact. In other words, God's movement, God's working through them, your love in the Spirit. We could unpack all this a little bit more, but what we see is this beautiful flow of, of the impact of the gospel on them and then through them, on them and then through them. Paul says... Even from a distance, I've heard about the gospel impact going on in your lives, going on in your church, bearing fruit in your community. And I want you to know, I'm praying for you. And his prayer is that they have more impact, more impact of the gospel flowing to them, more impact of the gospel flowing through them. Let's read verses 9 through 13. For this reason, for this reason, because I've heard of all of this gospel, what God is doing in your midst, in you, through you, what because of, for this reason, because of this, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you may have great endurance and patience and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Once again, to repeat, the, the heart of this isn't to say, you're not having impact, now go and have impact. It's to say, you are having impact. God bless you for that. May we ask God for more. In the same spirit, Paul doesn't write to him and say, hey, I'm not hearing anything about what's going on in your midst. For this reason, I'm praying for you. He says, no, I'm hearing about great things in your midst. Sometimes we don't pray until something's going wrong. Paul says, no, I hear things are going right. 
And for that reason, I pray for you all the more that you might have impact and that you might be impacted. And in his prayer, he's got this beautiful prayer where he's asking God to fill them. So not just so they, the heart, not just so the blood goes into the heart, but so that they may walk a life that's worthy of the gospel and bear fruit so the blood comes out of the heart so that they are impacted by the gospel and then impacting by the grace of the gospel. And so this morning I want to just share, oh, that our hearts might be more deeply, more fully. I know you've been impacted. We sang the beautiful truths this morning. This I believe but that our hearts might be more impacted by what Christ has done for us. And I want to share a few things. I feel like the Lord has even been speaking to my own heart this week through this passage. Just a few points to encourage us. Because people say, you know, I've heard people say, I feel dry spiritually. I feel empty. It doesn't stir my heart the way it once did. It doesn't impact. And what happens is if we, if we, and I understand that, and it, this isn't to like pile on or anything, I've been there. But if we stay there, we can then just simply try to put on an image. Man, we love Jesus. Man, we love this stuff. But in our hearts, it's not hitting home. And God has more for us. So from my own experience, I want to just share from this passage a few thoughts to how to stir the deeper impact, how to receive, how to posture. As we posture ourselves wanting to pray and posture ourselves for greater impact, how do we pray and posture ourselves to be impacted more deeply? And the first beautiful thing I see in this passage is to speak the truth of the gospel to your soul. Speak the truth of the gospel to your soul. Paul writes... Again, we're going to go back over some of these verses. Because we have heard of your faith in Jesus Christ and of the love you have for all God's people, the faith and love that spring from the hope stored up for you in heaven and about which you have already heard in the true message of the gospel that has come to you. In the same way, the gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and truly understood God's grace. I want to point out to you the power of this entire passage hinges on one very important word. One important word. The word is true. Paul writes, since you heard the true message of the gospel. Everything else in this passage would be meaningless if it weren't true. The gospel's power is that it is true. It is the true message of the gospel. True. You know, we live Different cultures have different values and different emphasis. We live in a very feelings-oriented culture, don't we? We live in a very feelings-oriented culture. Now, someone here may say, well, I don't feel like we do. But we do, okay? That's a joke. So laugh 
out of sympathy. We do, though. We kind of worship our feelings. Some people live by their feelings, but the problem is, as someone once said, feelings make a, a, a great friend but a lousy master. Emotions and feelings, I mean, thank God for them, amen? We don't want to be emotionless. We don't want to not have feelings. They make great friends to come alongside of us and to kind of work through, and, but they make terrible masters. When we bow our lives down to our emotions and our feelings, when we live our lives by our emotions and by our feelings, we're in trouble. Feelings can seem so powerful in the moment and lead us so powerfully in a direction, and then they're gone. And where they led us, we realize, wow, that wasn't the right thing. Feelings are, are kind of like living our lives by our feelings. It's kind of like building a beautiful house on the sand. You ever, you ever build like castles? You ever see people build these amazing structures in the sand? And some people are really good at it. But you know what? It's not going to be long before that structure is completely washed away. That's feelings. So powerful. So meaningful. So, you know, oh, I've got to do this because I feel it. And yet those feelings wash away with the next wave of emotion, which can come from a completely different direction. They make wonderful friends. They make lousy masters. Truth, on the other hand, cannot be washed away by emotions, by feelings. They can't be washed away by anything. Truth is the rock on which we build our lives. The gospel is of Jesus Christ is true. That's, that is the first building block that makes it so powerful. If you didn't have that building block, nothing else would be powerful. All the massive promises that we declare, that we read about, that we believe in the Bible, You know what's really powerful about them? They're true. No matter how we feel about them, they're true. They're true. So Paul writes to me, he says, your faith in Christ Jesus and the love you have for God's people. Where does that faith and love come from? Where does that faith and love come from? It's not feelings. It comes from heaven. It is anchored in heaven, stored up by, along with the hope. So we have this hope stored up in heaven, and it releases faith and love into our hearts because we have an eternal hope stored up for us in heaven. The faith in Jesus Christ, the love we have for him, the love we have for one another, it comes, it springs. And the love we know God has for us, it springs from that wonderful hope stored up in heaven. And the reason our hope is stored up in heaven is because it's waiting for us. Our, our souls are anchored in heaven through faith in Jesus Christ. This Monday, I learned that one of my best friends from Bible school passed away from COVID over the weekend, last weekend. 
Uh, Brad was in his 50s. He was healthy. Uh, leaves behind a wife and two children. Uh, Brad and I fell out of touch uh, for a while, but we did reconnect on Facebook some about five years ago, five or six years ago. Um, but we were, we were good friends in Bible school. But here's the thing. I, I can only imagine how, how difficult, how sad, how deep the grief for his wife, for his children who are in their young teens, mid-teens, to lose their dad, to lose their husband so, so young, so soon is incredibly sad, incredible loss. But they don't grieve without hope. I was actually able to watch just a little bit of his funeral service. You know what I heard? I heard hope, deep hope, rich hope. Because Brad's life isn't ended and he's now in the grave, Brad's life has just opened up into a whole new realm. That hope that was stored up for Brad in heaven, well now Brad sees that hope with his own eyes. He sees the Lord Jesus Christ with his own eyes. And those left behind, we still have a faith and love that spring forth from the hope that is stored up for us in heaven. But what makes that really powerful isn't the comfort it brings to souls. It's not the, the warmth that it can bring to a very dark thing. What makes that really, really powerful, if we could but get this, is that it's true. It's true. It's not just feelings and emotions to make us feel better. Brad really is alive right now. He really is singing in the presence of Jesus or doing whatever they do up there. That's true. And that's what makes it so comforting. That's the true message of the gospel. And all the other truth that we are forgiven, we are redeemed, we are loved by God. When lies try to convince us otherwise, when feelings try to make us doubt God's faithfulness and truthfulness, we need to speak truth to ourselves. We need to speak gospel truth to ourselves. I believe in God the Father. I believe in God the Son. I believe in the Holy Spirit. My God is three in one. Truth! I believe it. I declare it to my own soul. I think it was Jerry Bridges said, preach the gospel to your own soul every day. Because we need the gospel preached to our own soul every day. Preach truth to your own soul. One person said, stop listening to yourself and start speaking to yourself. We, we listen to our inner voice. This is wrong and that's wrong and you're not this and you're not that and maybe God's not going to do this. We listen to ourselves passively all day long. It's time to start speaking to ourselves. That's what the Psalms are. I will trust the Lord, oh my soul. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. That means, soul, you shut up a little bit and listen to me. Stop complaining and listen to me. I am going to bless the Lord. He is faithful. He is true. Speak the truth to our own minds, our own souls. Jesus Christ is Lord. He is risen. He has saved me, loved me, forgiven me, cleansed me, adopted me, transferred me into the kingdom of his glorious light. Truth. 
truth that says God loves me. And when one day, when I close my eyes in death, and we all will unless Jesus comes back, I will open them in heaven and see the Lord face to face. Don't try to anchor yourself by getting stronger feelings. Proclaim the truth to your heart until you believe it. Talk to yourself. Don't listen to yourself so much. Proclaim the truth of God to yourself until that truth begins to impact the way you think and fills your thoughts with biblical thoughts rather than unbiblical thinking. Speak the truth of the gospel to your soul. Second thing, let the hard knocks of life knock you towards Christ. Let the hard knocks of life, and they do come, right? They do come, but let them knock you towards Christ. Last week, I closed this, uh, the message with a prayer. And in that prayer, I asked the Lord, we were talking about impact, praying for impact. And so I closed by asking the Lord to use our humble lives and our humble church to impact lives for Jesus Christ. Impact lives for eternity. That we would see souls saved. We would see people come to faith in Christ, grow in their faith in Christ. Impact souls for eternity. God can do that. God wants to do that. And I believe it. I believe it. Do you believe it? I believe it. Except when I don't. This week, I felt those words so powerfully, and then I got hit with such a wave of doubt and discouragement this week, and I just felt this inner voice saying, come on, you really believe that? You really believe that you guys can make a difference, see people come to faith in Christ? People have moved on. That ship has sailed. People are not interested in Jesus anymore. They're certainly not interested in the church. Come on. And so this week has been a week of, of this. I've had moments where my faith is, is strong. And when I say that, I mean, I really believe that God wants to do a marvelous work. It's like that Rocky illustration I said a couple weeks ago where if, if, if the church was in a Rocky movie right now, we'd be Rocky like banged around and, and punch drunk and about ready to fall. It looks like the fight's over. But God, God is not going to be mocked in this time or any time, and he is not done. So God has great things, and I believe that. Amen? I believe that, but then I don't believe it. But then I look at life, and I look at circumstances, and I struggle with doubt. So I've had moments where my faith is really strong and, and I've had moments where my faith is really weak and my doubts are strong and discouragement. And Have you ever had faith turn into doubt? Have you ever had that happen? Some situation that you just, all of a sudden you just get, you know, instead of, I'm believing God, let's pray for this. And all of a sudden you just begin, to, it's not going to, God's not going to meet me in this. Our marriage will never change. Our son and daughter, they want nothing to do with the Lord. I'm never going to get out of this job that I hate. 
Doubt creeps in, discouragement, struggling with doubt, fear, unbelief, disheartened. I want to say this. I believe all those things are a part of the journey of faith. Don't look and say, I have doubts, I have discouragement, so I must be, something must be really. It's a part of the journey of faith. Faith wouldn't be faith if it was just like we always were on the mountaintop. It's a part of the journey of faith. Because it is the hard things, it is the hard knocks that can press us to Jesus the most. That make us realize, I am so weak, I am so needy. God, I need you. When we feel the most disheartened, when we feel the most overwhelmed, we feel like we can't go on. When we let those things press us towards Jesus, our prayers, asking Jesus for strength, take on a new kind of desperation. A new kind of urgency. And there's a sweetness in that. My strength, the Lord says, is perfected in weakness. Some of my best times have been my worst times. Because that's where God has met me in a fresh way. Or I've drawn close to him. Impact to my soul. point is this when the hard knocks of life come along let them knock you towards Jesus that's the big point let them knock you towards Jesus don't get don't get rocked if you're struggling right now with doubt and discouragement feeling overwhelmed you're if you're tempted to be cynical or bitter or or even feel like God lets you down don't let that rock your faith and don't let that push you away from Christ let it push you towards Christ even if all you can do is crawl to him and say, help. Paul prays to the, that the Colossian believers are impacted by power to have endurance and patience. He says, being strengthened, this is part of his prayer for them, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you may have great endurance and patience. You need Endurance, you only need endurance when you're going through something you wish you weren't going through. When, when you're on vacation in, you know, some beautiful beach, maybe in Florida, which sounds really good right now, and it's 82 degrees and the water is gently lapping, you do not need much endurance. Lord, help me to endure another dip in the ocean. Help me to endure this. You know, I was talking to Aaron, and, you know, they're enduring 60-degree weather right now. I'm like, Aaron, I'm not weeping for you, bud. I'm not crying for your endurance. We, en we need endurance when we're going through something we wish we weren't going through. I wish I wasn't here. I wish this wasn't happening. I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish this wasn't there. But Paul says, I pray that you have power and strength and patience to endure, to keep on going through this. To let these things press us to Jesus, to remind us of how much we need him, to encourage our souls in God. So here's the thing. Don't let pressures, don't let problems, don't let trials, don't let them push you away from Jesus. Let them push you towards Jesus. Let Jesus be the rock you fall upon. 
I want to share this thought. This, we all struggle. We all struggle with these things at some point in time. Okay? So if you struggle with doubt, you struggle with this. Okay, you're a human being then. That's been confirmed. Good news. But don't let the struggle push you away from Jesus. Because here's what I think happens when we let the struggle push us away from Jesus. Over time, we will become what we're struggling with. You see, if you struggle with doubt and you let it push you away from Jesus, you will become a doubter. If you struggle with cynicism and you let that push you away from Jesus, you will become cynical. If you struggle with bitterness and you let that bitterness push you away from Jesus over time, you will become a bitter person. What we struggle with is, does not have the power to make us or break us. It's whether we let it push us towards Jesus or away from the Lord. The struggle is part of our journey of faith when we let it press us towards Jesus. We can't control the struggle. You can't control the problems that come into your life or the trials, but you can, we can control where they take us. There's a saying that I like, used to live on a sailboat, drop that in there, but there's a saying, it says, it's not the blowing of the wind that determines our destination, it's the set of the sails. That trial didn't push you there. It's where you set your sails. Paul's praying that they have the power to set their sails towards perseverance in a hard time, towards endurance, towards patience. Set your sails. Listen, if nothing else, set your sails so that they take you towards Christ in whatever you're walking through right now. And by the way, that also goes for great times. Let great times push you towards Christ rather than push you away from Christ. The last two points I want to make really quickly. But I do encourage you, if you could just kind of soak these in a little bit, because I think that they're important points. The third point is this. Don't forget your friends. We need each other. Amen? We need each other. We can't do this alone. We can't impact and we can't be impacted in a full sense, in a long-term sense, alone. We're not meant to. You know, when you look at this passage, the biggest impact the Colossian church experienced salvation, the gospel, came to them from someone else. Paul writes in verse 7, you learned it from this true gospel. You learned it from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on our behalf and who also told us of your love in the Spirit. So they, they, they soaked in this beautiful gospel and it radically impacted their life and changed them. And now they're also impacting other lives and their love in the Spirit. It all came, but but you know what? It, it started by a man named Epaphras who came and just laid out the gospel truth for them. And now Paul and others who have never met them in person are praying for them. Church, we need each other. We need each other. When you're going through a trial, get somebody to pray with you. Share your heart. I had two conversations with friends this week that were very encouraging 
for me. It helps put life in perspective. It helps put those things in perspective. Having friends we can share and talk. It lifts our hearts. It encourages our heart. We can't do this alone, and God doesn't mean for us to do this alone. Remember, the, the definition of impact is, is the act or force of one thing hitting another. And I shared how in human relationships, and the other, the other meaning of impact is a major influence or effect on someone. And in human relationships, I think both those things intertwine. We bounce and bang against each other all the time. Somebody hurts you, they've bounced you off into into the effects of that, whether that be forgiveness or whether it be bitterness. Somebody encourages you and that bounces you off into a direction of encouragement and maybe takes a day that was lousy and turns it into a great day. You ever hear somebody say, you just made my day? We bounce off each other all the time. Somebody shares Jesus and maybe when you first heard him, you laughed at him and you scoffed. But something in his life, something in her life clicked in you and you now believe it. Wow, what a bounce. What a, what a way their life hit your life and impacted your life with the gospel. That's true for all of us. We're all hitting and bouncing each other. And in the community of faith, we are meant to hit and bounce off each other. But let's do that so that we hit and bounce off each other with encouragement. Amen? With encouragement, with love, with care, with compassion, with prayer, with truth. When the gospel impact in our soul gets weaker and we know, you know, it's not, it's not burning as bright. Don't forget your friends. Don't, don't, don't isolate. Don't downplay how much you need other people. I'm so tempted to say, husbands, if you know your marriage isn't where it should be, and your wife certainly knows that. Wives are, they're aware of that way before the husbands are. We're knuckleheads. Don't just think, I don't need anybody. I don't need anybody speaking in. I don't need any wisdom from anyone else. I don't need encouragement from other couples going through the same things. I don't need, I don't need, I don't need. We'll get through this, honey. We'll do it on our own. I was that voice. I was that voice. I needed somebody. So I was tempted to say that, but I'm not going <laughs> to. Okay, last point I want to say is this. Let's be impacting in order to be impacted. We're coming back full circle. Impacting, bracing ourselves for impact is God using us, our lives, by his grace, by his spirit, by his truth, by his gospel, by his love, to impact other lives towards Jesus Christ. Full circle. Sometimes the thing that will impact us the deepest is being used by God to impact someone else. Sometimes the thing that brings in the most blood of grace to our hearts is to pour out blood of grace. I know that's kind of a weird metaphor. But we bring in grace as we pour out more grace. Now, someone might say, well, we can't impact until we're first impacted. And I get what you're saying. But sometimes we get more fishes and loaves when we break them and give them out than when we just take what we have and say, when I get enough of this, then I'll start pouring out. 
I'm not impacted deeply enough now to be giving out. I'm barely hanging on. Well, barely hang on, but, but, but reach out. Break what you have and give it to someone else. Encourage someone else. Tell someone about Jesus. Even if I've had times where my faith is so weak, and yet somehow I got into a conversation about the Lord with someone who didn't believe in him. And by the time I left, my faith was so strong. What happened? I didn't, it's not that I, they ministered to me. I ministered to them, and God poured fresh grace into my heart. Sometimes the best thing we can do to be impacted is impact others by the grace of God. Of God. When we say sometimes, and I've been here, and maybe you're here, and we say, I feel so dry, I feel so dry, sometimes I suspect that what we need the most may not be to get more, but to give more. Like, I don't need another message. Maybe as much as sharing what I've already heard with someone else. When is that sermon? When is that worship service? When is that interaction with another believer going to explode in grace in my life? I've heard messages. I've sung songs. When is it going to? Maybe what you need isn't another sermon, another service, another blessed moment. Maybe the Lord says, go give it away to someone else. And as you do you will be impacted more deeply by the very truths you're not feeling that much right now. And I'm preaching to myself. It's not a matter of looking more inwardly, but a matter of looking more outwardly. Because I believe God has so much more impact for his church to experience in the world. And I mean impacting. And also impacted. And we need both to be healthy believers. And we need both to be a healthy church. God working through us. And God working in us. Let me close with this verse. Verse 13 of Colossians 1. And let this soak into our hearts. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness. And brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves. Whew. Truth. In whom we have redemption. The forgiveness of sins. Father. The truth you've given us in the gospel is explosive. It's glorious. It's massive. But you know that, Lord, it is so easy for our hearts to be dull. Our eyes not to get it. Our hearts not to get it. Lord, we declare these truths. Wherever we're at emotionally this morning, whatever, we declare these things to be true. Thank you. Thank you, as Paul says, Thanking, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us, qualified us to be your children, to be transferred from the kingdom and the darkness of hell and into the beautiful eternal kingdom of Christ. And we are forgiven and we are redeemed. 
Lord, I pray that that will touch our souls. Lord, that we will have such a deep heart response to this. And I pray that, Lord, you will, you will, by your spirit, fill us, fill us, fill our hearts, fill our minds, fill our thoughts, fill our emotions, Lord, with the beautiful grace of Jesus Christ and the truth of the gospel. And then, Lord, I pray that you will help us to share that, Lord. Wherever we're at emotionally, let us take this truth and let's break this bread outward, Lord. Use us, even this coming week, in the coming months, in the coming years, use our lives to be light, to be salt, to bear fruit in this world. Let us experience the joy of seeing others come to faith in Christ and believing in the Savior and having their names written in the book, the Lamb's Book of Life, Lord. Somebody shared that gospel with us some time ago when we came to Christ in faith. Let us be that person for someone else so that as we are being used as vessels of impact, we will also experience the joy of being impacted once again by your beautiful grace. Lord, I pray you encourage anyone here. Maybe someone here is struggling right now in a particular struggle, maybe a struggle of doubt, a struggle of fear, a struggle of discouragement, disheartenment. And Lord... I don't even ask that you take away those things right now. I just ask you to press them towards Jesus, Lord. That's all I ask. Press them towards Jesus so that they just fall upon you. They just cry out to you that their heart is pressed towards you and they will experience some of the sweetest fellowship they ever will experience, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your impact in our lives and thank you for using us to impact others. We give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, guys, have a wonderful, great week. Uh, our community group is, is uh, going Tuesday night, so if you're not going to a community group, we'd love to have you come out 6.30 at our home. It's all on the website, but please be uh, careful with all the snow coming, and um, God bless you. Have a great week.